everybody, and welcome into the New England Ski Journal's Base Camp Podcast. Gunstock Mountain Resort is now open for the winter season. Enjoy top-to-bottom skiing and riding, and remember to take a moment to stop and take in that iconic view from the summit, one of, one of our 10 best we chose last month in New England Ski Magazine. Check out our tubing hill for thrills and laughs and night sessions with the most lit terrain in New England for all you night owls. Book your lift tickets, rentals, and tubing online in advance. Check out our upcoming events at gunstock.com. Embrace the chill this winter at Gunstock. And discover what you've been missing when you visit Burke Mountain, the last little corner of Vermont. Located only seven miles off Interstate 91, the slopes are closer than you think. Take advantage of their incredible midweek deals like $45 Monday through Friday lift tickets or Wicked Wednesdays where three people can ski or ride for the price of one. That's right. You and two of your friends can ski and ride for just 15 bucks a piece every Wednesday non-holiday. Incredible. To learn more, book your overnight stay at the Ski In, Ski Out Burke Mountain Hotel or purchase lift tickets, visit SkiBurke.com. I'm New England Ski Journal editor Eric Wilbur. I'm joined by my co-host, Mike Specian. Mike, how are you? Eric, I am doing fantastic. It's finally snowing. It's, uh, it's I, I do have a little secret, and, 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 I, and I don't want to make too much of it. Um, but I did go skiing this week for the first time all year. And you know what, Mike? Conditions were phenomenal. Phenomenal. Um, the, the, the storms we've gotten that have replenished us and, uh, made everything pretty much hundred percent open across the Northeast has been a, a godsend. I mean, what have you experienced in this latest network of storms we've been having? Um, so you've been skiing, uh-huh. I've been working on planes. Uh, <laughs> I, I was in Salt Lake and didn't even ski and Alta has 400 inches already. Uh, what's wrong with this equation? Yeah, that, that's a problem. That's a, that's a big problem. So I will tell you, I went to, um, you know, I went, I went up to Wildcat, and it was going to be my first trip to Wildcat under Vail. It's, so it's been quite a few years that I've been there. And I get there, and wouldn't you know, I didn't check at the junction, and the, there were wind holds. So I said I could either, you know, wait it out here or go down to Adatash and get the day in. So I went down to Adatash and got the day in. And let me tell you, it was, it was bliss. Um, you know, there, there was nobody there, you know, just the locals, a few visitors from out of town. I, I met a, a woman from Wilmington, Vermont, who came over for the day just to check it out. Uh, it, it was one of those perfectly blissful day after a powder. And it was, you know, it was midwinter skiing, just like you like it, in just perfect conditions. I, I can't say enough about my first day of skiing this year. So I'm sorry that you were working so hard, but you know some of us have to get out there and you know get content for the show. So that's why I was up out, you know, enjoying the snow. I was I was helping us both out. Well, I'll be on the hill uh, this week. Don't worry, um, it's already guaranteed. Um, boy, that's dedication, Wilmington, Vermont to North Conway. Yeah, that's right. That that is that is a drive and a half since you can't get there from here. Yep. Well, clearly it was an epic pass thing, and you know she told me that they were going to check out Wildcat the following day, and then they go home, and then maybe they go to Stowe, and uh, but still, it's it's if you have the epic pass and you don't mind a, a drive across two states, um, then then go for it. It's not the easiest ride, but uh, we've all well, done it before. It's just yep. not the not the if you've got a mountain in your backyard, why would you drive, drive there? But regardless, the woman did it. She loved it. She was having a great time because there's no way you could have had a bad time yesterday. Well, uh, go ahead. I, I think the real thing here is that last, our last pod, we were talking about how tough it was in New England. And it was tough. Uh, we just couldn't get out of our own way. The weather patterns were not with us. Um, you know, I call it, you couldn't put lipstick on a pig because we just, we had rain, we had warmth. Well, the weather patterns have changed. We are now in the storm cycles, um, and they don't seem to be stopping right now. So it's just going to get better and better. Um, and you're going to be able to skin, you're going to be able to ski the woods. You're going to be able to ski everything here. This is a lot more exciting, you know, and it's like we went through the January dreads and we, there's always like that January thaw, right? That's always something we talk about. Last couple of years though, we haven't really broken out of that January thaw, right? 
this is, you know, and, and I, I want to go back to 2015 just because it's kind of the best example of this, of having such a warm January and then translating that into an epic winter. Uh, I'm not saying history is going to repeat itself, but this is a good start that we don't have to sit here and say New England is 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 barren and, uh, you know, much like Europe is, is, good God, I don't know what they're going to do out there. But, you know, the good news is, is that you can go ski this weekend and it's not going to be just a sliding on snow that, you know, the, the snowmakers could make in the nick of time. It's going to be, you know, your call. The mountain is open. Uh, and it's just, it's perfect timing for New England skiing. It is. Um, you know, I just saw recently that Saddleback just went to 100% open. Yep. Uh, they were boasting about it. They, they, yeah, they love the fact that they were 100% open and that they had the most terrain open in all of New England. And they were not shy about letting the social media world know about it, which was great. Yeah, well, you know, such a great skiing hill. And everybody wants to ski the whole hill when they get there. Yep. So, you know, great news. On the adverse side, um, you know, Wachusett um, this week had to close because of a power outage. Uh, just crazy, crazy weather we're having this year. I have to, I have to wonder. Did you see the uh, the Twitter exchange that Wachusett had with an unhappy customer? I actually did. Um, kudos to them. I mean, that was, you know. This is the problem, and, and I'm not going to get into this, but we will have a, a piece on this coming in the February edition of New England Ski Journal about social media and skiing and how great it can be and how just definitively maddening it can be. Um, and this is one of those examples, right, where, where someone's like, I think that Wachusett is, is denying me my right to ski. Well, no, dude, things happen. It's like if when I got to Wildcat yesterday, I wondered if there were people inside that lodge reaming the customer service people out because the lifts weren't running. Like it's like, you know, welcome to well, Wildcat. Welcome to Pinkham Notch. Well, nobody did not allow anybody to ski because Wachusett, for example, um, allows people to skin. So, or boot pack it up through the woods. Right. You can ski. You might have to work for it. But, you know, it's been a, a wild year. I think what we're seeing here more often than not now, we've got to be patient. Mm -hmm. um winter isn't the month of december and january winter goes from november all the way through to april here here and um you know now with this latest snow with the winds blowing with more snow coming even tuckerman's might turn out to be epic this year yeah i saw people in there yesterday i, I didn't see the people in there from where i was but i did see i did note on social media people posted they were in there um some, some, I guess, sad news hitting the ski world. I don't really know how upset we should really be about this. Um, and that may put us in the minority, but uh, Outside Magazine, which has really gotten criticized over the past year plus for, um, you know, shuttering Ski Magazine and the like, and they're, they're doing it to Warren Miller Films now in, um, in that this is right about the time when they, they would start filming for next year's film to come out. Well, Outside Magazine or Outside Inc. or, or whatever they're calling themselves is, uh, is not doing that. They are going to instead next year release a sort of greatest hits, which is, you know, in, if you're an 80s sitcom, is, is the, the joke of, of, you know, the, the writers were too lazy to put on an episode, so here you go. Uh, and then they promise something bigger and better than ever in uh, 2024. Uh, my first reaction to this is, you know, they haven't really been Warren Miller films for a good 20, 25 years anyway. Um, Johnny Mosey was a, was a good host, but couldn't really capture the charisma that, that, that Warren brought to it. Um, and, you know, it, it's kind of been downward, going down a downward spiral for quite some time. Um, Mike, I, I, I don't know if you, if you knew this news, if you, if you had heard this or not, uh, but you have some, an interesting reaction to the way that, that, that Warren Miller films have, you know, I, I think have a mostly positive influence on the ski industry and you think it's kind of half and half. Yeah. Um, you know, the Warren Miller films of old, um, Warren was such an icon and such a visionary and really drove the ski industry for so long. Um, I've got a book at home signed by him that I keep 
because, you know, I like Warren, always have. But in today's world of skiing, um, friends of mine and I talk about it all the time. You know, when you, when you go to a movie, all you see are people hucking off, you know, 80-foot cliffs and stuff. That's not the reality of what we all do. Right. It might be cool. And then what has happened is the manufacturers has have actually bit into that too and made skis that are good for that, but not for skis that are good for skiing at Atash, where you just were. Right. Um, you know, it's it's frustrating. Um, I miss the old Warren Miller films of old because everybody, families were there. It wasn't just the hot shots. It was the family that showed up for that film. I'm, I'm glad you bring that up, Mike, because in a lot of ways, the last couple of years with the New England Ski Journal as uh, as editor, and not that the New England Ski Journal was ever trying to be anything different, but people want to rel- people do want to read about you know hella skiing in Alaska, and you know they want to watch people you know try to ski in Turkey, like that's cool, but. When you're, first of all, when you're a regional publication, you want to relate to the readers. You want to relate to the listeners. You want to talk about information we can share. And the the honest truth is, you know, for New England skiers, it's the reality is a lot less sexy than we've seen on film over the past, you know, 20, 25 years. And I think that that disconnect really has affected a lot in the ski industry and that, you know, it, first of all, the affordability of it, let's, let's go back to that for a second. I've got three kids. I know every trick in the book. You know how hard it is for me to take three kids skiing still. And you know, you, you, you take that and you impound it in with like the, the, the hucking off cliffs aspect. And you're just like, where's the beginning stages? Where is it that, people can begin to learn to ski affordably and that we can keep this sport, you know, viable. You know, the numbers aren't good. The numbers are not good for the ski industry and participants. Um, it started off with snowboards over the past few years, you know, cross countries way up, but alpine skiing is kind of flatlined. And you get concerned that, you know, is this, you know, between, don't even mention global warming, but are we raising the next generation of skiers the right way? Um, that's, and that's, that's a loaded question for another time, but you understand what I'm saying? That's a whale of a question. Um, you're going to get me on my soapbox here, which you don't want to do, but on a, on a positive side though, I mean, first, first off Warren Miller, he is the King. Um, he's the, uh, he's my idol when it comes to ski movies, period, the end. But on the positive side, how about Michaela this week? Yep. I mean, this is just a matter of, of waiting for, for when it was going to happen. But Michaela, uh, win 84, she uh, has put Lindsey Vaughn in the rearview mirror uh, as far as women. And now just immediately behind Ingemar Stenmark for the all-time World Cup lead. Um, I know we live in New England. I know everybody likes to say who the GOAT is. But I'm going to go on record right here. The GOAT is Michaela Sheffern. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I, you know, I was actually thinking, um, this is the, the kind of question I'm thinking about in the lift yesterday, but I was actually thinking about this, like, okay, Michaela Schiffer and now the GOAT. And it just reiterated how that, the, the, the GOT, GOAT thing kind of annoys me sometimes because is Michaela the GOAT? Yes. Does that take away from Lindsey Vaughn? No. Are they both dominant in their disciplines? Yes. So are they the GOAT of their own kingdom? Yes. But, you know, I think greatest of all time, you know, should be, look, it's a, it's a team sport. All team sports are, are, are like this, though, where you're going to have, I'm, I'm mumbling now, so I'm going to shut up and, and, and basically say that, um, you know, greatest of all time, yes, Tom Brady. Okay, Bill Russell. Well, Michael Jordan. Well, you know, I, I don't think you can have a definitive greatest of all time in all sports. And I think in this case, yes, it is Michaela, but you know, for all Lindsay had and all Lindsay gave the game, you know, she's the fastest woman, you know, we've pretty much ever seen. So, but, 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 but Lindsay did it in 
a set discipline. Mikhail is doing it in all disciplines. Correct. Like Ingemar. Correct. So there, the big difference here is in today's day and age, we know athletes are faster, stronger. Um, Mikhail is doing it. Put it this way. It's Michael Jordan winning championships in basketball, football, and hockey is what she is doing. Yeah, that's pretty much true. And I mean, look, I'm a, I'm a Michaela guy. I, I look, I've been pushing for her since uh, since you know she first came on the scene, like in realizing how special she was. Um, I don't, you know, I just don't want to, you know, I don't know. <laughs> no, <laughs> I don't you know what? what? You know, it's like I don't want to disrespect everybody, right? Can't we all be the greatest? Can't both teams just win? I've turned into no. Ned Flanders here all of a oh sudden. Oh my goodness, you must have kids. Everybody wants their trophy now, <laughs> don't they? But well, let's go back a little bit. You were just talking about affordability, right? In skiing, yeah, it, it's it's tough. I mean, my my three kids are so busy outside of the ski world with their karate and soccer and basketball and uh baseball has already begun at the high school level you know it, it's it's all crazy and it's tough to get the three of them skiing at once but when i do it's terribly expensive so you know the wilbers are going to saddleback for february vacation which is very exciting got a house up there uh, my parents are coming the dog is coming and uh, you know part of the reason we're doing that is because we got the free season passes from country ski and sports um, you know, in, in their leasing program, which is, you know, truly phenomenal. And uh, so we're going to save money by going up to Saddleback and staying for a few days up there. And, and again, this is from me, someone who knows the tricks and in, in insides and outs of how to score this free lift ticket. Um, I'll give you a hint, though. In the industry, even if you're getting a free lift ticket, it doesn't mean your whole family goes, you know, your whole family doesn't go skiing. It's not like, you know, catering to some king or queen, right? Um, and so that's why I like, you know, these affordable places where I can just go and the kids don't necessarily need to have the best, you know, the, the biggest experience per se, right? Um, I want them to start small and appreciate these places because they're the best options we've got to grow the sport right now. They are. Uh, first off, do you have an extra room? Because I'll come up and ski for a couple of days. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. Uh, no, no question there. Well, we're going to talk about a couple of ski areas today. Um, they really are dear to my heart. Um, I'm this independent guy that would rather ski at areas like this with great skiing and no high speeds than be at the mega resorts uh, with everybody. Right. Um, we're going to be talking about Middlebury Snowball and Dartmouth Skiway. They are phenomenal. Yeah, two, you know, just New England gems connected to their schools. You know, Dartmouth College, obviously, Middlebury in Vermont. And uh, we're going to talk to Mike Hussey, the general manager of Middlebury Snowball, and Mark Adamchek, who is the general manager at Dartmouth Skiway. We'll have them uh, with us in just a minute. Get ready to winter like you mean it. Make tracks to Stratton for a big mountain experience with corduroy cruisers, tree-lined trails, new terrain parks, miles of glades, all with snow so great it's guaranteed. Book your lodging at the heart of the resort and discover everything you love about winter is right outside your door. Like snow tubing, snowmobile tours, snowshoe treks, cross-country skiing. Then there's Stratton Village for shopping, dining, après, and late nights. Stratton.com to save on lift tickets and lodging packages. Great Glen Trails Outdoor Center is your one-stop adventure destination this winter. No lift lines, just great grooming and magical vistas. Classic snow tubing hill with hot cocoa and s'mores on the weekends. Try a guided snow coach tour. Grab your reservation to Treeline on Mount Washington. Private and group lessons for skiers of all ages and all abilities. Evening snowshoe tours and so much more. Check the website for booking options and details as well. GreatGlenTrails.com. Welcome back and joining us on the Zoom line here is Mike Hussey, the general manager of Middlebury Snowbowl in Vermont and Mark Adamchek, the general manager of Dartmouth Skiway in New Hampshire. Gentlemen, welcome to the program. I, 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 I've got to put myself out there and admit I have never been to either, either of your ski areas. 
and just feel free to let me have it. No, no. I, I think that, that that's helpful for us going forward and in increasing skier visits when you come to visit. That, that'll be one extra skier visit for us. <laughs> so I'm pretty sure you'll be seeing us here sometime this winter, especially with all the snow we're starting to get. Well, I can tell you both. I have been to both. I extremely enjoy both immensely. The history, the energy, the down-homeness that so many of the mega resorts no longer have. You guys have it still. That's great to hear. Thank you. That's as we try to improve, bring what we do into the 21st century or, or, or better, keeping it the way, keeping the, the special thing that these mountains are is a really important part of what we're doing. I'm trying not to change that. Like if we've got enough change in other places, that if we can do what we do the best, it'll, it'll be awesome. My, Mike, Middlebury is one of the oldest ski areas in the country. I mean, it's got such history. The oldest existing base lodge cabin in the country built in 1938. Can you give us a little bit of, of, of that history and also give us an overview of what should people expect when they drive up to Middlebury for the first time? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So Middlebury Snowball is one of the second oldest ski areas in Vermont and one of the eighth oldest in the country. And I say one of, because of those years, more than one ski area opened. So it's, if you do it by by medical order, we're not the second oldest, we're the third oldest, but we're two areas opened in Vermont that year. So we're, we're the second, one of the second. So, so there's great history here, amazing history about how the trails got started and when, when, oh my goodness, it goes on and on. But yeah, that was, that was quite a, quite a time ago. And the culture of skiing at the college at the time was, was amazing. They literally loaded people in what essentially were cattle trucks with put the skis on the outside of the trucks down in campus, which is 12 miles from the ski area. And they drove up the mountain, standing up at the back of these trucks to get to the mountain. And then of course there were no lifts. So they were, you know, skin up and, and ski up and wax and then, and back down the hill. I mean, it's just amazing what here, we're all fixed script lifts. And, and so we get trouble for not having detaches, right? So, <laughs> so you look at the, the, the scale of the differences, it's amazing. But uh, so yeah, the, Mountain is, is steeped in history. We, we do have the oldest base lodge still at the base of the mountain. It's not what we're in as a current base lodge, but it still stands and we hope to renovate that and, and, uh, and have a great historical piece there. The, what you'll see when you drive in to the mountain has basically not changed in probably 40 years in, 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 or more in, in, in. Bear in, in basics, right? You come in to sit, the lodge is the same. We've built a new shop for the snow cats and things like that, but the mount is virtually the same, the same trails. So it's a small area. It's called the snow bowl. It's bowl shaped, right? So when we come into a parking lot and you, the trails all come in essentially together to the, to the base lodge. We do have a backside, which is about 50% of the terrain here. And it is all natural snow. So we only open that lift when there's enough natural snow to open it. That, those trails cannot be seen from the, from the base area, but they, you do see them as you go up over the mountain on the, on the highway, Route 125, a major east-west highway that goes right, right past the ski area. And you, you can pick up some of those trails as you go down the backside of, of, the, of the mountain or so towards the east. So. Well, the good part is we're getting enough snow now, finally. It's starting, the, the snow gods are starting to shine on us. Mark, over Dartmouth also has incredible history. The first time I walked into the McLean Lodge, I was just in awe walking in and seeing the wall of fame of sorts. Why don't you give us a quick lowdown on Dartmouth Skiway and what that ski's like? Yeah, so the Dartmouth Skiway is similar to a snowball. We're just about 15 miles north of campus in a town called Lime Center. So you drive, you drive north of campus, come through Lime Center, which is just about as New England, a small town as you'd like. And then uh, you come to the skiway. You've got a beautiful McLean family lodge, beautiful timber frame lodge. And uh, the skiway is thing because there's a road that runs right through it, active open road. So on one side of the road, you've got Holt's Ledge. On the other side, you have Winslow Ledge. Holtz is about 50 acres of terrain serviced by all double. On the Winslow side, we've got two magic carpets. 
and a C-Tech quad, big script quad. And uh, that's about another 50 acres of terrain. And in total, we make snow on about 60% of our terrain. So a little bit of a slow start, but as of yesterday, we got enough natural snowfall where we're letting people have at the whole mountain. So that's exciting for us. That is awesome. Yeah, it certainly is. And, and conditions are, are just ideal right now. If you, if you haven't been out there, go now. Obviously, a big characteristic of both Middlebury and Dartmouth is affordability. How does that, what, what can people expect when they want to visit Middlebury and they say, I've got a family of five, or then when they've got, go to Dartmouth and go, I've got six, six kids here. What am I going to get myself into here? Um, how do you market yourself to people like that? We'll start with you, Mark, about getting the word out that this is a very affordable option for people to ski at. Yeah, we're, re we're really lucky to be owned and operated by the college and being in, in the, new, the unique circumstance where affordability is important to a, a large part of our stakeholder group, which is the Upper Valley community, right? And, and the Upper Valley is a place of economic diversity and making sure that all the members of our community can ski is important. So you can, you can get a great value if you buy season passes early with us, and you can get a great value if you ski midweek with us. And compared to what I guess we could say corporate ski areas, you can get a great value every day of the week. <laughs> we, we do have some, some pricing for the weekends to, to try to have people come visit us on the weekday because quite frankly, we hit capacity. We pretty much park out every Saturday and Sunday. So we want to incentivize our guests to come midweek, but it's one of the few places where you can show up, rent your skis, buy a lift ticket, have a snack, and spend less than $100 per person. And, and that's pretty rare these days. I looked up the other day, and I don't, I don't want to call out any names, but there's a ski area that was charging $289 for a day ticket. We saw it, yes. I'm, I'm going <laughs> I'm to top that for you. I don't know if you saw Arizona Snow Bowl last weekend, 309 at the ticket window. Yeah. So yeah, we're, we're lucky and that, that part of our mission is, is to make sure that people don't have to take out a second mortgage to come have a day of skiing here. And Mike, what about over on the Vermont side? Yeah. What marks in? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Our stakeholder group is, it's a family, a really family friendly area. Anecdotally through Christmas, I talked to a lot of people that were bringing their kids back to the mountain that they learned to ski on so that their kids could learn to ski here. And it's that sort of vibe. It's that, that, that group of people that really keep this place needing to be affordable. And again, owned by the college, it allows us some, some ability there. We can probably do a quick math in my head. You take that family of five, they're going to ski here. All five are going to ski here for less than what they're going to pay at one of the big corporate areas for a day, for a day of skiing. And that's just tickets and you can include rentals and lessons and all that in, in there as well. So it's extremely affordable. We're skiing on 100 acres of trails and 500 acres of woods. But it's, it's, a, it's an amazingly diverse place. There's a little bit of skiing for everybody here. And it's, it's, it's super important for us to keep our local folks as part of the family. It's, it's, it's a, a huge part of our local population's winter. So keeping day tickets, season's passes are a fraction of what you'd pay anywhere. Day tickets and, and the college community as well. Um, there's a lot of talk about diversity in, in, uh, in, uh, in the world of skiing right now. We have one of the most amazingly diverse populations, which are our owners, essentially, ladies and college students. And we have an incredibly diverse lodge at, during, during the year. Our students, and our, sorry, first year students get free skiing. And our upper class students, they pay $99 for, for a season's pass. So it's, it's incredibly affordable. Those the Billbury College is worth in a J term, a middle, they have two semesters in middle term through January. And uh, you can actually get a credit for to learn how to ski, which is uh, really pretty cool. I did that in, I went and got my graduate degree in journalism at Boston University. And there was an, I had enough credits for the year, but I couldn't fit. And I had like two extra credits sitting there. So I decided I was going to take a learn to golf course for one or two credits. Perfect. So I, so I did it. 
And my sister, to this day, 30 years later, will not let it go about how I went to grad school and took golf while she's at <laughs> Brown University. I'm like, okay, enough, enough, Kelly, right? But I did want to talk about that, that college aspect, actually, because many moons ago, I, I went to St. Mike's up the road in, in Winooski Park, and it was great to go to school and have Stowe and Sugarbush and J.P. in my backyard. But at Middlebury and Dartmouth, I mean, these are in the backyard. So what is that relationship like with the colleges? Is it a group effort, quote unquote, sort of? I know that, that a lot of the ski patrol are, are college kids. What is it like to have a spot that is a college hangout of sorts that the public's also involved, invited to? Mark, I'll start with you at Dartmouth. <laughs> it, I, it's exciting, right? And it takes, a, it takes a lot of different forms, the relationship to the college. There's the competitive aspect of the super competitive ski team and what you need to do to make sure that their venues are prepared. There's the club ski team that also is competitive and, and needs venues for racing. And then there's the ski patrol. About 98% of our ski patrol hours are volunteer by students. And then it goes on to on Saturday and Sunday, we'll have 250 Dartmouth students in a PE class taught by other Dartmouth students learning how to ski in our beginner area. And then it goes on to just your typical student who has a passion for skiing and comes to ski way to enjoy themselves and, and stay healthy through the winter. So it takes, it takes on a, a lot of different, a lot of different aspects. And it's just exciting to have a, a venue where you see kind of younger people skiing, which is really not necessarily par for the course in, in the industry of skiing. It's, it's aging and you see less people entering sport than say 30 years ago. Yeah, that is very true. That's why we need these affordable resorts to allow the youth of America to still get out there and ski, especially in Grafton County where you are, because there's have and have nots there, and it's got to be affordable if we want to grow the business moving on. What What about over in Middlebury, Mike? Yeah, it's interesting you say that about Grafton County, Addison County, where we are is is very similar, huge dichotomy, right? And to, to have affordable skiing is the only way any of these, a lot of these kids are going to ever get a chance to ski. So, so it's super important. The college is a great benefactor for that. And working with the college is, it's, it's, it's a really special relationship because we're able to do things that I think other areas aren't able to do because of the way the finances work. There's some things that are harder for us to do because of the way the finances work too, as well. But for instance, during COVID, we all had jobs, right? Small little ski area like this. We stayed open. People in, in, in the area had a place to go. And we had an amazing season. We had incredible snow, which would help. But it was, uh, it was a really good feeling to keep everybody employed, to keep the mountain open. The, uh, we've got great support from the administration in doing some of the projects that we're, 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 we're working on right now, which is great. It's super important to... to be able to go to the the administration and 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 talk about some of the nuances of a, of a ski area in the middle of an academic institution, right? And have them understand what you're talking about. So that's that's a really that's really helpful in many ways. So the student piece is is incredible. We, much like Dartmouth, Middlebury is staffed in a ski patrol with student volunteers. We have their their director is in a full-time paid employee of the college, but all of our, all of our uh, ski patrollers at this point are, are, are volunteer, all national ski patrol certified. They essentially graduate with a second degree. I mean, they can leave here and when they graduate and get a job anywhere in the country at any ski area as a ski patroller, which is, which is pretty, pretty unique, I think. It sure is. It's kind of funny because I've got an outdoor rec degree. And I actually ran our college ski hill, I think my, my junior year of college. And I look at those two and you guys are so much bigger. <laughs> you got so much more skiable terrain. The other piece of it is the ski instructors as well. We have a lot of similar program that Mark was talking about. The, the college students that are taking their J-term ski classes for PE are being taught by college students for the most part. So it's, it's really a unique setup. It's the end of January, and we're only a couple of weeks away from the Febs at Middlebury. Mike, can you kind of set the scene for what that's about? 
Yeah, there are two parts to that scene. One is a pretty unique graduation ceremony, which happens February 4th, where the kids that, are, that came in as Feb freshmen are now graduating as Feb seniors. They do a little ski down here. And so they all come up. There are going to be 210 or 215 graduate, graduates this year. And uh, they ride the lift up over on the Sheehan side and, and they, they ski down as their procession. It kind of is a big group. It's, it's, it's pretty fun. So that's, uh, that comes up on, on the fourth. That's uh, kind of cool. Cause I mean, usually yeah. like those, those kids are like the forgotten crew, right? Like, did you, right. did you get right. the cap and gown? Did you graduate? Like, no, I got my diploma in December and went home to yeah. Christmas. That's it. So well, it, yeah. it's, it's pretty cool to see that sort of celebration of that. Yeah. They put on a big deal for him. It's so we, we basically closed down the Sheehan lift for a few hours. Uh, they come up, they do a ceremony in town and they come up on buses. They, they go up the mountain, they ski down. And they're all, most of them are here trying to learn how to ski, or not most of them, a bunch of them are trying to learn how to ski this winter so that they can ski. It's great. It's such a great, cool thing. And then there's the new, the, the new Feb first years coming in on the, on their heels and, and they, they all get three season passes, right? So they can walk right into going skiing their first week. They're, they're trying to find their dorm and the dining hall in the, in their, in their classroom. And the ski area all at the same time, which is really fun. <laughs> lucky kids. Yeah, yeah, no, no kid. Yeah. No. Hey, hey, Mark, uh, both ski areas have incredible histories with the NCAAs. We got to throw Michaela into this with number 84 this week, which is unbelievable. Tell us about the NCAAs and the racing history at Dartmouth, Mark. Yeah, it's, it's rich. It's almost a little nerve wracking to be asked that given that there's probably so many people who have such an encyclopedic knowledge of it. Like the first thing you see when you walk in into the lodge here is all the national championship teams, all the national champions, all the people who contributed to to the athletic success at Dartmouth is uh, is really interesting. And and not just NCAA success, Olympic success, the U.S. national championship success, and and World Cup success. But I, I think the 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 team is competitive every year. And they've got some really great young skiers. I know and from Colorado on the men's team is, is doing pretty well in fall in this season and a first year female. Also from Colorado is are having some strong showings and as a team, they're, they're skiing really well. And I think the last time they won a national championship was, was 2009, but they're in the hunt every year. And uh, I was sort of new to ski racing. I've been in the ski industry for a long time and racing occurred where I used to work, but not to the intensity. And I didn't have such a front row seat to, to watch the caliber of skiing that takes place here. It's, it's pretty awesome to see. And at Middlebury, Jimmy Cochran among the alums, Alpine skiing there, they've gone th on to the Olympics in Middlebury. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting fact. I actually just learned recently is that there's been a Middlebury college person involved in the Olympics. I can't, I won't get the year right. Since early forties, either as a coach or either as an athlete or a coach in every Olympics since the, the early forties, 1948. How do you like that? 1948. I've got a journalist with me. It's truly uh, the power of Google. I mean, it, it right, that's right. all it is. Right. So, so yeah, rich history here hosted the NCAA's number of times. The latest was 2013. We were supposed to host 2021, but that was COVID year and we weren't hosting any races that year. So we missed that. UNH took it on. They did a, did a, a they certainly not all the schools were involved in the, in the, in the NCAAs that, that, that year. But so I think it goes to Dartmouth uh, next year. 2025. Oh, 2025. Next time. Yeah. Next right, time. It goes out west. He comes back. East. Right. It goes out um, and comes back. He'll yeah. be here. So yeah, a huge history with NCAAs here. Lots going way back to national championships before I think NCAAs and even all the NCAAs. The, the, the racing component of the college is, is, is deep, deep in history and, and culture for sure. Well, I'm a midweek skier completely. I just don't ski on weekends. Uh, but a lot of our listeners do. Why don't you both give us an event from each ski area that they should not miss, miss that is coming up yet with the good snow? Go ahead, Mark. Mark? We actually don't have any races this year. That's kind of an 
odd winter of no Dartmouth home carnivals and the local ski club here, Fort Sayre Club, is not racing here at all. Wow. But we do have Dartmouth Winter Carnival, which is a little con- confusing. It's a celebration on campus where if you come up that weekend, it's February 9th through 12th. There's all sorts of fun races and a cardboard box derby at the skiway on Sunday, which is good fun to watch. Awesome. What about over in Middlebury? So yeah, Middlebury, we're, we're open, except for holiday weeks, we're open Wednesday through Sunday. We have, I think the best, the best event you can hit coming up is any skiing after you hit one, after we have one of these storms, right? Yeah. We've got some, we got some great terrain. We have a, we have an interesting little piece here operationally. We have about three times the uphill capacity on our chairlifts that we have parking capacity or base log space. So if the parking lot's full, you're still skiing onto the chair. So I think that's our best, that's our best event going on is, is when we get a good storm like that's coming in this week, come in midweek, ski right onto the chair and you'll find fresh tracks every day. It's Other, otherwise anyway. avoid the Okemo Killington Sugarbush chaos <laughs> on those days and go where it's real. <laughs> I like it. Good. Yeah. Yeah. I love reading the, the trail part right now. You've got trails open and five are groomed. And I love that. That is just come and enjoy what nature has delivered us. Beautiful at Middlebury and Dartmouth. Now we want to get some inside information to try and help the people that are going to go visit there after they hear this podcast. So powder day, what's the best trail to seek out at each mountain? Mike, let's start with you. I'm going to say our best trails to seek out are the backside trails when the Bailey's Falls lift is, is, is off is off running. That's about 50% of our terrain. It's all natural snow and lightly groomed. So that's a, that's a powder day spot back there for skidders and the gliders alike. What about over in New Hampshire? I think you, if you've got fresh snow, there's a hundred percent natural trail here called ND on the wind flow side. And it's a little, it's a little bit of a sleeper and it's got a lot of, a lot of fun rolls and a lot of good texture there and, and some good things, some good deep water bars to keep you honest. Perfect. Perfect. I love it. So everybody likes a good beverage libation afterwards. What's the go-to spot over in New Hampshire there, Mark? You finish up at the skiway and you slide down to the little town of Lime Center and belly up at the Latham House Tavern. And I prefer a a main beer lunch would be my (laughs) go-to. Perfect. And Middlebury, what what do we have? Fridays and Saturdays afternoons, three o'clock, three thirty. We open a Lake Clead pub. It's a little rollout bar that we we pull out. We do a lot of Lawson's finest, some other beers here, and uh, it's something we just started last year. It's new, serving alcohol at the college. The college space lodge is a new thing. So uh, yeah, that's two nights a week. And other than that, there's the the Two Brothers Tavern down downtown Middlebury, which is uh, the which is owned by the the guy that. It runs uh, president of the ski club. So he's a uh, favorable place to go. Awesome. Middlebury is a cool little town. Now, we always like to find out from you guys what the vibe is. So in three words, give us what the vibe is at Middlebury. Laid back, family friendly. Love it. And a Dartmouth. That was, that was four words. That's okay. That was, yeah, it's... That's legal. <laughs> You know, we like, we like to call it unvarnished New England skiing, right? Everything you need for a great day on the hill and, and nothing you don't. That's great. And I congratulate both of you because I'm sitting here going, well, my three words will be community and affordability to begin with. And neither of you said community or affordability. So I'm going to interject those. Mike Hussey, general manager at Middlebury Snowball and Mark Adamchek. General Manager at Dartmouth Skiway. Thanks for joining us today. This was a great conversation. I look forward to visiting both of you very soon. We'd love to have you. Thanks for for the time. Gentlemen, thanks for everything you do. Thanks for keeping New England skiing real. New England Ski Journal's Base Camp Podcast will return after this. If you want to be inspired and informed on everything about the New England ski and outdoor scene, then you need to check out SkiJournal.com. SkiJournal.com delivers daily content on breaking industry news, tips, gear, dining, travel, entertainment, as well as all archived episodes of the Emmy-nominated New England Ski Journal TV show, 
and the Base Camp Podcast. And don't forget to subscribe to New England Ski Journal, the longest-running regional ski magazine in the country. New England Ski Journal's award-winning writers and photographers bring all four seasons to your door with best-in-class coverage on skiing and the outdoors. Log on to SkiJournal.com and click on the subscribe button to get New England Ski Journal mailed to you today. New England Ski Journal is a Siemens Media publication. Siemens Media. Inspiring. Informative. Insightful. And now, back to the Base Camp Podcast. Mike, I know you're a proponent, uh, obviously, of small ski areas, and I think that those two are, are so unique to to the fabric of skiing in New England, just both part of institutions that are among the most respected in the world as far as colleges are concerned. And the look, to go to college where you can go skiing was, to me, a dream, and I fulfilled it. And I encourage all you youngsters out there to apply to colleges in Colorado, Vermont, New Hampshire. No. But I, I, I think that having that is such a special little twist to the relationship this place has with schools. And I think, like they said, the, the growing of the sport and teaching these college kids free lessons for, for PE is, is fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Because I was a rec major, because my degree was geared towards the ski industry with business in, intertwined, looking at these schools, looking at what they bring to the institution, but also to the communities that they're within. Dartmouth Dartmouth and Middlebury aren't cheap by any stroke. Oh, God, no, please. Okay, yeah, I mean, they are premier colleges, and colleges cost premier dollars these days. But what they're doing is opening themselves up, not as an exclusive, but to the whole community, to you and I, or to their neighbors, which is what is really cool because they're growing the industry. Yeah, I, I just I want to go through some of the, the costs here. Let's start with Dartmouth. How much do you think a regular day lift ticket is if you purchase online ahead uh, of time? This is weekend, I take it? Weekend, yes. Okay, pro- probably 80 bucks. That would be $35 adults. Really? $35. The window rate is 40 Oh, wow. So you want to make sure you, you save that 5 bucks by... Did- did, you know, buying ahead of time. Did I not just say that Arizona Snowball was $309 for $55 yep. trails? Wow. Well, people are talking about them, right? I guess that's one way to put it. Okay, a full day at Middlebury, adults, weekdays. 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 I, okay, I'm not going to start low. I'm not going 80, okay? Okay. I'm going 40. 40. Bingo. All right. So if it's 40 on the weekdays, weekends and holidays would be? Probably 65. 60. So, I mean, 60 is creeping up there, but it, you, get, you, get the, you get the point. Like $40 to ski? I remember paying $40 to ski at Atatash in like 1985, okay? So if you're paying $40 to ski at Middlebury Snowball in 2023, that's a heck of a deal. And, and it's, it's just great the way that these, and here's the thing about these two places is that they're not, you're not paying to ski just a carpet lift, right? Like there's some seriously pretty good terrain here. And like you said, there's lots in the trees to, to go get lost in. Yeah, there really are. I'm, I'm thinking about what you just said about the cost. People are getting shut out everywhere because of limited access they're they're limiting how many people are getting on the hill at at 40 or 60 dollars you could be at xyz resort and they could say sorry can't ski today pretty easy to move over to middlebury or dartmouth real quick absolutely i mean it's it's an affordable way to do it for a day ticket the skiing i remember the first time i skied dartmouth i just had to go there i've been in new england for way a long time and in the ski business here. And I went up to Dartmouth by myself on a midweek day and was just blown away at the friendliness of the whole place. There was nothing corporate about it. There wasn't a high-speed quad, but I didn't need one because I was taking the aura of both sides of the ski area in. It was it was crazy how, how much fun it was. It was cool. Uh, Brian Hughes, who is a, a snowmaker and groomer, who people know him from his... Social media videos of him in the morning, first at Killington, hello, sugar pop, that guy. He moved to Middlebury during the off season and is now a groomer there. And 
it's it's funny because it's like that sort of vibe, that energy, and not that Killington doesn't have it. I'm not calling Killington the evil corporate monster, but seeing that kind of personality fit in in a place like Middlebury makes a lot of sense because it's about just learning and 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 growing and teaching the sport to new people. Where better to teach the sport of skiing than at a college itself, right? One hundred percent. I mean. Not only the sport of skiing, but the outing clubs. I mean, Dartmouth's outing club is renowned Story, and very, yeah. very vibrant. Mm-hmm. It's huge. But the the other thing these these are not really small hills. They're not the we we had Whiteface on re- recently. They're not thirty two hundred vertical feet. Sorry, can't get that every day. <laughs> but these these are good sized hills that give you great skiing with very few people. I mean, both of them are 1,000-foot vertical hills, Mm -hmm. and both of them allow you to skin on, so there's always that option. I mean, as Mike said over at Middlebury, they're closed a couple days a week. How do you manage your cost and staff and everything? That's how you do it. I've been there when they were closed and skinned it numerous times. It's it's great to have that opening and the welcoming, and to, most of all, to get the, the lazy students out of bed at 10 a.m. on a Saturday if they've got skiing in their backyard, right? I had to drive all the way to Stowe, which was, you know, I mean, let's play the violin, okay? Yeah, really. Well, what I would do to everybody that's listening, I'm a big fan of taking the path least traveled. There's two forks in the road, as a great author once stated. Take the other fork one of these days and go to Dartmouth Skiway, go to Middlebury Snow Bowl, go experience the history in a really phenomenal vibe that they have. Right. And as they said, both both of them, I, I assume, I know Middlebury did say there was a cap. Caps on weekends. So make sure that if you do want to go plan to, to do there, check online before you drive up there just to make sure that tickets are available for that particular day. And, and better better yet, Take the kids out of school for a snow day like Eric just did to go skiing. I didn't say anything. (laughs) Take the kids out of school. It's inexpensive. Go show them. And who knows? Maybe they'll get a scholarship to Middlebury or Dartmouth out of it. That's what I'm working on. I got I got my middle kid, the athlete, he wants to go to Florida. I'm like, dude, you're going to, to Utah or Colorado. That's it. That's it. <laughs> well, that was a great conversation, Eric. Once again, we need to support these ski areas. If you want to really feel the Warren Miller of ski of skiing, go to Dartmouth, go to Middlebury because it brings everything back to the way skiing is meant to be. And now there's no excuse because we've got plenty of snow. So get out there this weekend and enjoy it. it it's, it's fantastic right now. Mike, thank you very much for joining us. Eric, it's always a pleasure. Until next time. Until next time, I'm Eric Wilbur, and that is the Basecamp Podcast. We'll see you next time. New England Ski Journal's Basecamp is a Siemens Media Podcast. Siemens Media. Inspiring, informative, insightful.